0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, March 19th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, Going solo today, Coach has earned a well-deserved day off after a bunch of winning, so I'm gonna handle the 10-game slate tonight. And thanks a lot, Coach, for a for 10-game solo pod. Uh, that's the way it goes, though. I had a nice night off yesterday, so glad to be back here. And thank you all for joining me, hanging out with me on this Friday. And what my goal is here today is to try to uh, break down this ten-game slate for you. Get get you ready for Friday night DFS. There is a lot of other basketball going on today, isn't there? With the the real start of the NCAA tournament. A little bit funny here that it's a Friday Saturday start, uh, but uh, you know that's that's where we are here in twenty twenty one. Everything's a little bit off. So um, I hope everybody enjoys the tournament tonight. And uh, I may have to take a peek and see if there's. Any exciting buzzer beaters to look for, there there probably will be, but my lineups are going to be set in DFS at that point, and that's going to be my main focus here uh, throughout March. So let's get after it. We have nine teams involved in a back-to-back out of the 20, four rematches or front ends of rematches. So we're in that stage of the schedule, and eight of the uh, worst 10 offenses, so not a bunch of high totals out of... 10 games. We do have four that are over 230, our magic number on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. The first game actually is the best game in my mind in terms of the total. It's 234, Sacramento in Boston, Celtics favored by seven. And as you know, if you're a frequent listener to our show, we uh, usually highlight or consider the Uh, offensive efficiency of both teams, the pace, and the defensive efficiency. Uh, That's six variables right there. And this one has five of the six ratings uh, where we want in terms of top 12 or worst 12. We obviously want top 12 in pace, top 12 in offensive efficiency, and bottom 12 in defensive efficiency. That's the formula for a high-scoring game. And we have, like I said, five of the six here. It's the only game on the slate. We have Sacramento number 8 in pace, 10th in offensive efficiency, and they are the worst in the NBA still defensively. Boston has a decent offense here. They're getting better. They're 12th. Surprisingly poor defense this year. They're 23rd, so bottom 12. The only thing missing is Boston's pace. They're at 21st. But I think Sacramento can speed them up a little bit here and and get them uh, excited about a high-scoring game. By the way, Boston coming off a very disappointing loss to Cleveland. They're now 20-20, and so they are certainly going to be motivated to get after it. Now, in terms of the injury news here, we know that Bagley is out with the broken hand. On the Boston side, Tristan Thompson is out, and we have uh, Kemba back in. He sat out that game against Cleveland. When these two teams met earlier, it was 116-111, decent game. We didn't have Kemba or Marcus Smart in that game. We should have both here. Marcus Smart started against Cleveland. With Kemba out, he got up to 29 minutes. He's been ramping back up. I think there's a decent chance they'll go with the intended lineup uh, You know, back in the preseason. Kemba, Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Tice. I think all five Celtics are in play. Again, Sacramento last in the NBA in defense. And the price tags are reasonable, especially for the guards. Kemba mid-6K, uh, Smart down around 5K. Uh, When they played before, Tatum was the only standout performer. He almost had a triple-double. But again, Kemba and Smart were out. So uh, I I do like those guards. You could go with either one of them. Probably Kemba, if I had to pick one. And then uh, Tice is actually in play for me. Now, he has been inconsistent lately. He's had a couple of real duds, but a, a couple of real strong performances. And the key here is that Tristan Thompson is out. With the three-man rotation, Brad Stevens has talked about how there are going to be nights when the minutes change and the opportunities change based on who's playing well. We don't have to worry about that with Thompson out. I think Tice gets at least 24 minutes, uh, maybe a couple more, and I like the matchup uh, against uh, Sacramento and and Holmes. So Tice at a a great price. Both sites, really, and on FanDuel is nice because he's a power forward at 4,200. So he's going to be in my lineup. On Sacramento, I'd like to get one or two guys here to run it back. Uh, they did a decent job on Fox last time without Marcus Smart. So I don't know if I'll go over 9K for him. Uh, Buddy Heal and Halliburton are both in play for me. I like that Halliburton got 33 minutes when he started in the last game. Harrison Barnes, though, is the guy I'm probably leaning towards the most on Sacramento. Uh, Good price on both sides. Interesting narrative here. There's been a lot of talk for a while now about Boston potentially trying to acquire him. So here he is on Boston's floor. Will he try to play well and uh, market himself to the Celtics or 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 not? I would think that he would. You know, Sacramento really fighting to, to, to get a, sh- a shot at the playoffs. Boston will be there. Uh, so I, I like Barnes here. And then with the backup bigs for Sacramento... Remember that Whiteside is back in the mix. And in that last game, he played 20 minutes. Bielitsa played 15. Uh, I don't really trust either one. Coach Walton could play one or the other. It's really hard to tell. You'd think Whiteside would get a shot to be out there trying to defend Robert Williams. Uh, And Robert Williams has been playing well, but I don't want to mess with him at a higher price and potentially having to deal with Whiteside, whose length can certainly give him trouble. So Tice for me... Maybe one of the Boston guards uh, and possibly Barnes. All right, game two, much lower total here, much less attraction. It's San Antonio and Cleveland, 730 start, uh, only 211.5 total. Spurs favored by 3.5. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to play Milwaukee tomorrow. We do have some guys out still for San Antonio, some key guys. DeRozan uh, and then Kade bates up, not so crucial. And then, of course, LaMarcus Aldridge is still out uh, and won't be playing for the Spurs. On the Cleveland side, Kevin Love and Torian Prince are out. So with the low total and and really bad profile here with Cleveland 27th in pace, 29th in offense, uh, decent defense for San Antonio, their 10th, uh, and and bad defense for Cleveland. But, uh, you know, San Antonio just middle of the road with pace and 20th offensively without DeRozan. So it's all about opportunity here, maybe a one off. The only guys I would look at with San Antonio would be uh, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson. I like that DeJounte Murray got 40 minutes in that last game against Chicago with DeRozan out. I like that Derek White got 33 minutes. Uh, White, way cheaper. So you could go there. We'd like to attack the Cleveland backcourt. Uh, Keldon Johnson, he's Uh, He's sort of like Marcus Smart in that he's slowly been ramping up his minutes. Finally got to 31 last game. I like his price on both sites. On the Cleveland side, uh, Nance, he's been the guy here that's been noteworthy and worth rostering. 5300 on FanDuel. And without Love and Prince, his high minutes should be secure. Great last time out, double-double, 37 minutes. I don't see any reason to uh, stray from him as a real prominent consideration my favorite one off in this game and Garland is 5500 on FanDuel that's a potential landing spot he you know had a stretch there where he was not really performing very well much better in the last game uh, but you know I I don't think I really want to get two guys out of this game so maybe Nance here or a pass. All right, game three. We move to 8 o'clock, Indiana and Miami. This is one of those front end of a rematch, uh, but not tomorrow. They're going to play again on Sunday. And this is not really an attractive game either on paper. 215.5 total, Miami favored by four. And uh, in terms of the injuries, we have Lamb questionable for Indiana. And Jakar Sampson is questionable. So a uh, Coach will certainly be limiting his exposure to, to Goga Batazi tonight as uh, one of his favorite value plays. Just kidding, Coach. And then on the Ma- Miami side, we've got Mo Harkless available to play. Iguadala and Avery Bradley questionable. Now, I did a little uh, review during the All-Star break uh, about the variables that I consider and i put a list together before each slate of, of what i look at and i was a little bit surprised to see that it's 20 variables and the 20th variable is price and i look at the the 19 other variables and uh, then finally circle back to the price and decide if i'm interested in a player or not and i i don't think you can you know sign sign off or write off a game or a player until you know what their prices are and you know this is a perfect example because uh, it's the Karis Levert factor, and we know that he has been grossly underpriced on FanDuel for multiple slates. So that was the first price tag I wanted to look at. Uh, what has FanDuel done? Have they adjusted that up to where it should be? And they've they've moved it up from the 4K range up to 5,600. So he's still in play for me at that at that spot. Got 33 minutes last game against Brooklyn. Took 16 shots, uh, and we we know that Miami has. Um, uh, you know, a very strong defense and a slow pace, so that's why you go in here and you think without seeing the prices. I you know I probably don't want to get involved here, but uh, Levert's still hard for me to ignore at fifty six hundred. Holiday's also still cheap over there at thirty nine hundred, but I, I don't plan to get two Indiana guys. On the Miami side, uh, not really interested in them in general. You know, even if Iguadala is out, it's not like you get some great value off the bench. You may get some more minutes for Akpala, Precious Achua, uh, Struis, but I'm not interested in those guys. And the guard rotation has been a mess with everybody, you know, generally healthy other than Avery Bradley. Although Nunn's price is worth noting 4500 4600 He's a guy who I think could most easily hit value in 25 minutes if he has a hot shooting night. But game three of the night for me, mostly Levert potential and then pass otherwise. All right, moving along to the next eight o'clock game. It's Brooklyn and Orlando 224 and a half total. The Nets favored by 10 and a half. They've beaten Orlando twice already this season, scoring over 120, one close win, one blowout. And now we have Orlando on a back-to-back, which which makes it tough. They had a a grinded-out loss to the Knicks last night, where both teams were pretty happy that they were playing against each other and the the similar styles of wanting to slow it down and play tough defense. So what does Orlando have left? Michael Carter-Williams and Terrence Ross were both out, so I'm listing them as questionable. On the Brooklyn side, Durant still out, of course. Blake Griffin still out, and Kyrie is probable. He sat out the last one with an alleged groin injury. I'm not so sure of how serious that was. It may have been a a, a phantom groin issue. So he's back here. Uh, Harden obviously stepped up and dominated in his absence. I don't want to go to Harden tonight. Uh, he's had uh, He had a monster triple-double against Orlando earlier in the season and then a bit of a dud when they had the blowout. But remember, Orlando has the 19th pace. Uh, The 27th ranked offense and Brooklyn with the number one offense in the NBA, which seems to hold true, whether it's Harden out there by himself dominating or if he has Kyrie or Durant. Uh, So, uh, you know, Brooklyn could win this one easily with Orlando and their tired legs. I think it's a little risky to pay up for Harden. So Kyrie potentially or Jeff Green would be the one value play I might look at mid 4K range on both sites. But if you look at Fandle, for example, where he's $4,200, would i would rather go with Tice at that same price. On the Orlando side, it will depend on if Michael Carter-Williams and Ross are both out again. You could look to uh, Randall. He was a popular value play last night, didn't do too much, only took four shots. But now he gets Brooklyn in that uh, increased pace, the bad defense. And so you might get him at lower ownership here, and, and maybe he'll actually have more of a ceiling game for him, he doesn't really have a great ceiling. So he's not my favorite value play. Vuk, you always got to mention him. Uh, th- tough situation here because, yes, it's a good matchup, but it is a back-to-back. He hasn't been as strong as some of the other stars in the NBA on back-to-backs. So he's not my favorite player, although the first lineup I built on FanDuel today, I had about 9,900 left, so Vuk would fit in there. So it, it may be a little bit difficult to avoid uh, playing that lineup, but he's not my favorite pay-up guy here. Amino is cheap on DraftKings, $3,800. Uh, how about Gordon? One of those guys that FanDuel just refuses to, to price up, $5,400. Uh, he had nice minutes and a solid game against New York, but again, back-to-back for him. So uh, do his minutes go down a little bit? So, you know, with these uh, competing dynamics here, uh, not my favorite game. So, uh, again, uh, I'll continue the theme. Most likely a one-off or a pass. All right. The next 8 o'clock game, Utah and Toronto. two thirty and a half and a half total, uh, which is a little bit surprising when you think about Utah's number four defense. And Toronto still 16th. Obviously, they've had some injuries. And then we have Utah favored by five. They're on a back-to-back. Tough loss last night to Washington. So they continue their road trip road trip down the East Coast to visit Toronto down in in Tampa. And Conley, he's back in the mix here. That was the big news last night. He sat out, and boy did uh, Donovan Mitchell and, and Joe Ingles step up big time. Mitchell over forty points, uh, Ingles over thirty real points that is. But with Conley back in there, I don't want to go to anybody on Utah. Don't like their prices. And uh, Toronto is now really going to be at full strength because OG Ananobi is finally available after about a month on the shelf. And uh, this is one of the things I'm going to be looking at pretty closely here. What does Toronto do with their starting lineup? Uh, Powell has stayed out there. And man, was he awesome in the last game. 43 points against Detroit in a tough loss. Uh, Lowry and Van Vliet did not shoot well. They were both two for 13. So I, I would think that Lowry and Van Vliet will take it upon themselves to uh, improve that performance, no doubt about it. Toronto 17-23, and 23, they got to start winning. Uh, so I, I would probably go with Lowry if I was going to play anybody from this game. But again, Conley's back in the mix, so much tougher uh, defense. It's not going to be the same situation that Russell Westbrook saw last night when he was dominant. So it's, it's not like I'm, I'm you know jumping up and down to try to play Lowry here. And again, with OG in the mix, you know, what has been a real opportunity for value based on usage, it's, it's just not there anymore. Um, and Siakam, you know, not, not priced where he should be since he's just ramping back up. Last game, they started Boucher. I think there's a decent chance they'll go back to Baines here to try to body up with Gobert. Uh, but, you know, if, and if they do, that, that's one of the reasons I would look at this starting lineup here. He's the one guy that I might play at 3,900 on FanDuel. If he starts, uh, I think he can return value against Gobert because the great thing about defending Gobert, you know, i not talking about offense here, but defense, goberts he wants to s- spend all of his time around the paint, which means that Baines can just sit there and pick up rebounds. He's certainly capable of that, uh, get, get you 6x or so with a value punt play, only if he's starting, though. All right, let's turn to the second half of the slate. We have Detroit and Houston, 214.5 total. Houston favored by two. And the reason we're starting the recording here a few minutes later than usual is because I had to sort through situations like this with Houston. And uh, it takes a little bit of extra time to figure out the rotation for some of these teams with COVID and, and trades and injuries. And the trade situation is one of the little aspects here of Houston that we should mention. Because, of course, they have sent Kurooks along with Tucker, uh, the key piece of that package, over to Milwaukee. And in return, they've gotten uh, DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson, who are not available on the slate on DraftKings as of the time of recording here at lunchtime. They are minimum price on FanDuel, uh, so don't know if they're going to suit up. But I just wanted to mention that because we've been dealing with an eight- or nine-man Houston rotation, you know, Houston in terms of the number of guys who are even suiting up eight or nine. And so there's a lot of moving parts over there. So I'm going to try to help you sort sort through it. We've got John Wall questionable and Ben McLemore questionable. So we can't quite do it uh, completely here. But there's a chance that Houston's going to be loaded in terms of personnel in a way that they have not been recently. So if, let's say, Wall is back in finally and he's got Oladipo next to him, House is back. He started last game. And then if we still have Jay Sean Tate out there, uh, then the big guy in the middle is also obviously going to be Christian Wood. Now, we got to talk about Christian Wood here. This is a potential revenge game for him. It is a revenge game for him against Detroit. First time he's played against his former team. And this is a real wild card here on this slate for me. He's uh, coming back from that really severe ankle injury. He did play 26 minutes last game against Golden State. Played well. So, do they cap him here? I haven't heard any news, but Wood in the 30 minutes, 30 minute range uh, against his former team, 8100 on FanDuel. I am I'm rather tempted by that. I'm I'm leaning towards giving it a go with Wood. Rolling the dice a little bit. Uh, it's an island game for both teams here. Uh, So uh, I'm really leaning towards giving Wood a shot, at least in the GPP lineup. Now, with the bench, uh, the value kind of disappears here for Houston, in my opinion. Sterling Brown should go back to the bench. Uh, Porter Jr., I'm guessing, will as well, unless Wall sits. But, you know, this is just an analysis based on Houston being at full strength. So I I won't go there anymore, though he has been awesome. Uh, K.J. Martin Jr., 5,200 on both sites. You never know. Uh, He could still do it uh, because I don't think his minutes will be affected too much. Um, And then Patton off the bench, not going to play him. So looking mostly like wood for me or pass with Houston on Detroit. A bit of a mess there. Uh, The guard situation. We still have Diallo, Magruder, and Ellington. Actually, I do want to thank Detroit because those guys have been question marks lately, uh, right up until slate lock time. But at least we know now that they're all out. And when they were last game, uh, Frank Jackson Jackson got the start. Did not do much at all. Uh, Do you want to roll the dice there on a very cheap guy? Uh, Probably not. I don't think some other guys here coming up in the next game you could look at in that price range where I think are a little more attractive. DeLon Wright, though. uh, Man, almost a triple-double in that last game. Still a decent price. Uh, Not you know, as easy of a matchup. Houston is 11th, and Oladipo can certainly defend. I think he'll probably get a chance to try to slow him down, and then he'll have Wood behind him in the paint. So uh, not looking for a similar uh, near triple-double for DeLon Wright tonight. Bay, i got to mention him because he's so cheap. I really don't want to play him. I don't trust him. But 4,300 for a guy that just got 50 fantasy points. Uh, It's worth mentioning – Although I do think he's more likely to get 25 fantasy points than, than 40, that's for sure. Uh, what, what about Grant? Do we get another uh, you know, 28-point fantasy dud, or does he step up here? He, he will have the size against Tate, uh, so you would think that he could have more of a ceiling game. Josh Jackson, got to mention him. With all those guys out, uh, he stepped up in the last game. Hard to trust for me because of his shooting numbers uh but but worth mentioning, all right, let's transition to Golden State and Memphis, the last eight o'clock game here two twenty three total Memphis favored by eight and a half, and these teams are going to have a rematch tomorrow in the same spot so with uh the big news here being that Steph and Ubre are both doubtful and uh, Pascal and Wiseman are out. So, a lot of potential opportunity and value with Golden State. In the last game, Steph and Oubre combined for 66 minutes and 34 shots. So, if they're out along with Pascal and Wiseman, uh, you know, this is going to be a big focus point here on this slate. And I haven't seen any projected starting lineups yet, other than we know Looney will be out there at the five, Draymond at the four. Wiggins will be out there. So what happens with the guards? Do we get Nico Mannion starting, Damian Lee, Jordan Poole? Those are the three guys I think we need to pay attention to and consider. Uh, Mannion and Lee are cheaper. They're both in the low 3K range on both sites. Uh, I think they could certainly hit value. Uh, You know, Memphis is tough defensively. They're seventh, but they are the eighth-ranked pace and Golden State is second. So this should be a, a somewhat up-tempo game, uh, but not an easy matchup because both defenses are in the top 10. The, the 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 challenging thing here is to figure out how is this usage going to go, the the minutes, the shots if that rotation of guards is Nico and Lee and Poole. Uh we just don't have a sample size for them. I mean Ma- Nico Mannion's only taken Uh, 25 three-pointers this year. Uh, I mentioned that because he's hit 10 of them, so 40%, pretty good on a small sample size. Uh, Lee, I want to mention these shooting numbers. He's 44% from the field, 37% on threes, 90% at the line. And Jordan Poole, how about this? Did you realize he's 48% from the field this year, 39% on threes, and 90% at the line with uh, a bigger sample size than... Uh, than Nico Mannion, for example. So, you know, looking at these players in general, to me, Poole is more of the scorer, uh, a versatile scorer who can get hot from distance. Uh, Lee is more of a a scrappy guy, can be a scorer, but more likely to get you some of those peripheral stats if he's out there as a starter for, you know, mid-20s minutes or high-20s steals, blocks, rebounds, assists. And then Mannion, more of the guy you'd think would be the point guard type while he's out there, uh, more of a distributor, not as big of a scorer. But this is my long-winded way of saying I think all three guys could absolutely smash value. They all have the chance to. I don't think they will all smash value. And it's not an easy decision. So let's wait and see what the starting lineup is. Um, You know, I would probably lean towards Lee. Lee. I think there's a decent chance he'll start, and he's very cheap as a little bit more of a veteran. I like his opportunity here. I also like Looney a little bit because he's got to be out there against Joe Val. He's cheap. He got twenty three minutes last game with those guys out. Uh, you know and and he, a little bit similar example where you know he's in there guarding Joe Val. He can get more rebounds. and he's that's what he's best at is protecting the rim. Uh, so he's, he's a punt play. You can, could consider Draymond, you know, if he comes here interested, like he was against Houston with that nice triple double, uh, he's playable as well. Cause they, they need him out there if they want to win this game. And, uh, you know, he's got to carry them as much as he can. If, if Stefan Oubre are out on the Memphis side, coach Jenkins announced that there was going to be a change to the starting lineup. It ended up being Grayson Allen, uh, so assuming they stick with that same group of of John Morant, Grayson Allen, Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Joe Val, you could go to Grayson Allen. Um, it would feel a little bit funny uh, and and awkward to do so as we're getting into the NCAA tournament here, uh, thinking about his history at Duke, just not not very fun to watch his antics. So I, don't, I really don't like rostering him, but obviously you try to put that aside and, and make a decision uh, without that in mind. And, you know, speaking of shooting numbers, this is actually my favorite stat uh, on the slate. His numbers this year, he's exactly 40% from the field and exactly 40% on three-pointers. He takes a majority of threes. So he can really uh, pay off quickly if he hits a few, especially on, on DraftKings where he's only 3,700 You get the three-point bonus, and he's 91% at the line. So, you know, he does have that that good shooting stroke that's worth considering when he's starting. Don't think I'll go anywhere else on Memphis. Uh, I, I, I would mention Clark here because with him coming off the bench, even though he's only getting around 24 minutes, if you look at the guys who Golden State's going to have there, Juan Toscano Anderson is basically the backup center. I, I think Clark could get out there and scoop up a bunch of rebounds. And if you look at the rotation from last game, Memphis did not play Jang or Tillman. Tillman's been in the, in the rotation for quite a while. So Clark has a good opportunity, but 5,300 on FanDuel, uh, he might just sort of be a tweener there because I like some of the cheaper power forwards that I've already mentioned or you could pay up at that spot. So it might be Grayson Allen or pass for me on Memphis. We have one 9 o'clock game, Chicago against Denver, 225.5 total. <clears throat> Houston, uh, sorry, Denver favored by 7.5. They played uh, at the beginning of the month in Chicago, and Denver won that one, 118-112. Jokic, huge triple double, 39 points, or almost triple double, 39, 14, and nine. And in that game, Carter Wendell Carter Jr. was starting. Young was off the bench. Now they flipped that, of course. So Thaddeus will be starting. You know, this is a a place you could go. To, to pay up here, uh, Jokic obviously disappointed the last game in the blowout. Didn't, didn't get the big minutes. Um, so, you know, even though Thad Young is starting, Carter coming off the bench, they're still both going to get their chance to defend him. So I think it's really a similar matchup. He obviously has the size to shoot over Thaddeus Young. He can shoot over basically anybody with that high release and high arcing shot that is soft and beautiful, really. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It is a a gorgeous thing to watch, and he is incredible. So, um, you could pay up for Jokic here. On FanDuel, I like the prices for Jamal Murray, Will Barton, and Michael Porter Jr. They're all fair, you know, and and Chicago's middle of the road defensively, and they have the seventh ranked pace. So, decent opportunity for Denver here. Uh, And we do have uh, Monte Morris still out. So, that's why. I'm a little bit more interested in guys like Murray and Barton. Uh, RJ Hampton is available to play, by the way. Uh, on the bench, I do want to mention the last game, uh, Najee actually got more minutes than Jamichael Green. So I don't think you can trust those guys or Paul Millsap, who only got 20 minutes. So I'm not looking there. With Chicago, Sadoransky, still a value play at 4,400 on both sides, but no longer in the 3K range so I'm not as interested in him. And Levine, 8,700 both sites. I don't think I'm going to go there. Uh, Denver did a good job limiting him last time. Guys like Barton are a real thorn in the side of a guy like that. So I will probably uh, duck and cover, so to speak, and, and pass on Levine and hope that he doesn't absolutely smash. Thaddeus Young I do think is playable on both sites. Um, that guy is incredible in terms of fantasy points per minute. You know, just tough shots, you know, these little mid-range baby hooks. And he's so, you know, aggressive, uh, knows for the ball. And I think he can, you know, squirm his way around Jokic and, and score. I mean, it's like clockwork basically. You you um pull up the game logs and, and Thaddeus has managed to get 30 fantasy points, whether he plays 21, 26, 28, Uh, So he's probably my favorite Chicago Bull tonight. All right, two games left. Uh, I'll take a moment here to invite you guys to join us as members. This is a great time to do it. With the NCAA tournament starting, if you want to place some wagers uh, and continue to play DFS, we've got you covered because of this great package we have from betus.com.pa. Sign up there as a first-time member with a deposit of one forty-nine. dollars and the promo code Coach Talk, you're gonna to get to use that 149 for all your sports wagering action. And you're gonna get a free membership with us until June 1st. And it's the perfect time to join because we've got our NBA coverage seven days a week, of course, full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, the coach's clipboard, every slate on DraftKings. And then we've got Major League Baseball starting in April, a golf cruising along. So wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, take advantage of that greatbetus.com.pa offer. After you sign up, uh, reach out to us on Twitter and let us know that you've done that. You can reach us at DFSCoachTalk. <clears throat> All right, two games left to go. Minnesota and Phoenix. Rematch from last night. Minnesota, big win. Big upset over this great Phoenix team. Minnesota gets their 10th win of the year to go to 10-31. and 31. So they probably celebrated all night. What will they have left in the tank to deal with this Phoenix defense, their eighth? You know, it worked out for them last night. Their style of play won out their third pace. Uh, you know, somehow they, they got it done. It was the Edwards and Cat show, both scoring over 40. How about that combo? An exciting day for Minnesota fans to see a little glimpse of the possibilities of the future with, with those studs. Uh, and we've got the 231 and a half total. Phoenix favored by 11 and a half, despite getting beaten by this team last night. Which I, I can't blame Vegas for that. I think we'd likely we will likely have a bit of regression here. I'm not expecting 242 points. I think Phoenix is slower paced, 28th, and that top 10 defense, like I said, will win out more tonight. Uh, and I think it'll be a lower pace game. I don't think we can trust such a big upside game from from Cat on the back-to-back. Uh, Edwards, uh, who knows, he could pay off value. I don't think he'll score over forty again. Uh, so I'm basically gonna, you know, retreat a little bit from these Minnesota guys. Uh, if Cat takes a step back with minutes, then maybe Nas Reed steps up at mid three K range. Uh, you you could look there. On the Phoenix side, uh, last night, how about Bridges getting 40 fantasy points and eight assists, which led the team? And I just wonder, does Chris Paul look at that and say, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be leading the team in assists here. And Chris Paul picks it up in in a good matchup here against Rubio and the 26th-ranked Minnesota defense. So Chris Paul is in play for me. Uh, Booker, does he smash again? Potentially. Uh, Value play possibility for Phoenix. Crowder and Sarge are both 3,800 as a power forward on FanDuel. Crowder getting a few more minutes as the starter. With it being the back-to-back, you know, I'm not thrilled about either one of those guys, but uh, wouldn't wouldn't shock me if one of them gets it done. And the power forwards from Minnesota are young and and lengthy and, and pretty strong defensively. So this game, although it was what you want from DFS last night, High scoring and close with the stars getting big minutes and big production. Uh, this very well could be a pass for me and hope that there's extra ownership here in the industry that that we can take advantage of. All right, final game of the night. Dallas and Portland. Coaches Mavericks uh heading to the Pacific Northwest. And this is the other 230 game here. 232 total. Dallas favored by three and a half. And it's unfortunate the coach isn't on here with me because I'm all about these Mavericks today and his man, Luca, especially. I haven't paid up for anyone really here so far on this slate, and I'm saving some money for Luca. You got to be patient in DFS, got to be willing to wait till the last game of the night uh, to pay up. And I want to do that here. Luca dominated Portland when they they played before. Perfect high scoring game that you're looking for, 121-118. He had 44.7 rebounds, 9 assists. And we've got uh, Portland, uh, third, night, third game in four nights. They finished up that two-game series with New Orleans. Uh, the second game last night that they won, much lower scoring game than the first one earlier in the week. Uh, both teams shot really poorly. And I just think this is a tough position for Portland. Uh, coming off those two games in New Orleans, now having to go home and and deal with Dallas, so I like the I like the opportunity for Luca to take advantage of this bad backcourt defense. And there is some other uh, opportunity here for for Dallas, I think, with uh, uh, DFS is out, Willie Cauley Stein is out, and James Johnson out. So we saw. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. start in the last game against the Clippers and get 37 minutes, and if we get anything close to that here against this Portland defense, they're 29th. I really like THJ's price on both sides. Josh Richardson also in play at 5200, and Brunson maybe he steps up uh, with the the backcourt for Portland. Their starting guards and their backups are bad defensively, so Brunson against a guy like Simons and company. He could pay value. He's you know he's a little bit more expensive than some of these other value guys. So he's not my favorite play. I'd rather just go with Hardaway Jr. as a starter and get that nice correlation with Luca and THJ. They can set each up, uh set each other up for three pointers. And then on the Portland side, uh you know Lillard normally would be right at the top of of the consideration list, but well over 10k on both sides. He's been carrying the team here even with CJ McCollum back. Uh, so I'm going to pay up for Luca instead of Lillard tonight. Certainly not going to play CJ McCollum, uh ramping up his minutes. He only played 21 minutes last night. I can't imagine he'll play more than about, about 24 tonight. So I think we wait for him. The Bigs for Portland. Cantor is tempting. We like to play centers again. Cantor. And uh, you know, the only question mark here again is what does he have left third night, third game in four nights? So uh, Cantor is a possibility, but uh, not my favorite. Uh, Covington in play, always um, not going to go to any of the backups for Portland. So that uh, wraps it up. How about that? Ten-game slate. Uh, hope everybody's ready for a big Friday night. Let us know if you have any questions on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Language Olympic. You can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He's going to be back this weekend to handle the weekend coverage, so we will continue to have this seven-day podcast uh, for you in front of the paywall. If you like what we do here, we'd love to have you subscribe to our channel on YouTube if you haven't already, or just give a thumbs up wherever you're listening, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeart, you name it. We we try to get everywhere for you so you can hear us with whatever medium you like, so That is going to do it. I guess there's nothing left to say. I hope that this has helped you prepare for the slate. Again, what we'll have tonight for our members are full lineups on FanDuel, cash lineups, a GPP lineup that you can plug and play, full Yahoo lineup, and the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard. So um, sign up through BetUS if you want to take advantage of their offer, or if you want to join us directly as a member without BetUS, just go straight to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. And sign up there for whichever length of membership you would like. All right, that will do it. Thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of uh, the DFS Coach Talk team. For the rest of the team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining me. And check back in tomorrow. You can see Coach as we look to crush it in DFS.